And welcome to another Strange Uncle's Oddities. Uh, this one's going to be a short one, and it's going to be kind of a gross one, so stand by. Uh, I just find this uh, story, I mean, especially that it's uh, it actually occurred, um, but what occurred and what was actually seen, maybe two totally different things, just, uh, just kind of amazing. So uh, here we go. So, World War I gave rise to many horrifying battle tactics, including the use of poison gas. Um, many of you know trench warfare, whatever have you. Uh, World War I was not a pretty war. Well, none of them are, to be honest with you, but, but it was pretty, pretty gross in a lot of respects. Um, and this is, this is just one of them. Uh, one of the most unsettling World War I fights was the Battle of the Usawik Fortress, where Germans fought what looked like real-life zombies. On August 6, 1915, the Germans released gas on Russian and Polish soldiers, effectively destroying their enemies' lungs and throats. Many soldiers expired from the devastating effects of the gas. Go fucking figure. Yet somehow, a group of fighters managed to live through the initial strike and hold down the fortress. And this is that story. So again, World War One, the Germans released uh, bromine and chlorine gases. A bromine by itself acts as a respiratory irritant, but when combined with chlorine gas, it becomes a lethal cocktail. Chlorine gas turns into a form of hydrochloric acid when it binds to the moisture in a person's lungs. Ah, fucking joy. The acid then eats through the soft flesh and mucous membranes of the body. Eyes can be damaged and even rendered permanently blind. The nasal cavity bleeds and even moist skin can show signs of chemical burns and deterioration. The most devastating harm happens to the lungs as they burn from the inside out, the tissue dissolving as a victim inhales. With prolonged exposure in high quantities, a victim perishes from the inability to breathe. Once someone breathes in enough of this gas, it can cause a very painful demise in as little as minutes. And horrible, quick side note, um, in the Navy I did take a week-long uh, course in chemical and biological warfare, and it scared the living shit out of me of what we have come up with uh, as mankind. Um you know, so just saying. The Germans knew their gas would be incredibly effective because they realized the Russian and Polish soldiers did not have protective gas masks. Note step one. They may have had some cloth masks, but in all, they were ill-equipped to fend off a chemical strike, and the Germans knew that. So when the cloud of gas spread, men rushed to find anything they could keep from inhaling the toxic substance. At first, they may have used water-soaked cloths, as other Allied armies had done in the case of a surprise gas strike, and items of clothing. But they were short on water because they were under siege for so long. It left them with few options, and according to some sources, they soon began soaking their undershirts in urine to make improvised breathing masks. Blood drenched Russian and Polish soldiers' uniforms. Urine-soaked rags covered their faces as they coughed up uh, bits of lung. Uh, the mixture of chlorine and bromine gas started to melt away their flesh, destroying their eyes and dissolving their lungs in real time. Uh, the German soldiers thought that they would be entering a nearly lifeless area, but instead... They meant men foaming at the mouth and spinning up chunks of their own lungs. The chemical burns ate the soldiers from the inside out, and to the Germans, it looked like they were about to battle the undead. After the Germans unleashed the lethal gas, all seemed lost. There were so few Allied soldiers left, and all of them were close to mortal end. Many could barely stand, most were bleeding internally, and their breathing was painful and ragged. Headquarters had instructed the dying men to hold the line at all costs. I, I mean, at that point, what do you do, right? Um, rather than just staying put, they decided to mount a counterattack. They quickly formed a plan on how to approach a German line, knowing they would probably fail. The Germans marched forward, assuming the gas either rendered their enemies incredibly weak or they were already dead on the site. They guessed wrong. The Russians charged towards the Germans with their bayonets. 
The gas did its job quickly and effectively. Uh, the gas strike began at 4 a.m., and within hours, Russian and Polish soldiers started perishing, some literally within minutes. Whole companies were wiped out, clearing the way for the Germans to march forward uncontested. German soldiers also picked off anyone they could from afar as Allied soldiers struggled for breath. Eventually, one man uh, from the 8th and 13th companies remained, and they were all injured and or dying. Even though the survivors banded together, the numbers were still pretty grim. According to some sources, there were as few as 60 men in all. History shows that around 100 soldiers remained to fend off the 7,000 German infantry soldiers as they advanced on the fort. From an outsider's perspective, 100 deteriorating men would, wouldn't stand a chance against a strong army of 7,000. However, as the Germans neared their target, they saw the results of the gas assault up close, and they were nothing short of absolutely horrified. They were terrified of the ghoulish-looking soldiers, and they started to fall back. The Germans turned tail and ran so suddenly that they could not even destroy or keep the machine guns that they were using. They ran into their own wire traps and suffered severe casualties. The Russians fired at their foes, and soon they'd retaken the land and successfully repelled the Germans against seemingly impossible odds. The entire 226 Infantry Regiment Zemlaski went down in history, but one name stands out among the rest, Sub-Lieutenant Vladimir Kudlinsky. He was not a high-ranking official, but in the face of insurmountable odds, he rallied the remaining troops and told them a terrifying but brave plan. He said they were going to counterattack as the Germans marched in, intending to break their line and retake ground and trenches. It was a hopeless mission, but they decided to go down fighting. As the strike mounted, Kodlinski passed from his wounds. After driving off the Germans, uh, which, oh oh my God, uh, every soldier exposed to high levels of chlorine gas perished. Go figure. Um, The gas extinguished at least seven high-ranking officers, and roughly 200 additional soldiers had perished. The evacuation order came, and everyone spared from exposure to lethal levels of gas fell back. As the Russians left, they destroyed the fortress, leaving it as little more than rubble and ruins. The Germans didn't have time to respond and hadn't expected this response, and subsequently they experienced heavy casualties and failed to seize the asset that they were trying to get a hold of. And after encountering the dead men, the Germans reportedly fell back and told tales of zombie-like Russians impervious to life-threatening gas. The Germans previously intended to form a more aggressive and final strike to take the fort once and for all. Suddenly, it wasn't a certainty. The Russians seized the opportunity to evacuate the fort while the Germans hesitated. After moving into the destroyed fortress, uh, the Germans tried to stay and maintain the position, but the location had lost much of its value. The Germans left after only holding the land at Aswick for only a few weeks. Uh, the aftermath of this thing, uh, when the Germans released the gas on August 6, 1915, everything in the combat zone began to change. Over 30 gas batteries, which contained several thousand cylinders of gas, let out a thick, dark green cloud. It moved toward the Russian 226 Infantry Regiment Zemlatsky stationed at the fortress. The grass turned black as the gas slowly made its way to the tower, and trees yellowed as their leaves curled up. Oh, that's fucking great stuff. A deep green chlorine oxide coated anything copper, including guns, shell parts, and vehicles. It looked like plague or famine had taken the land in less than 10 minutes the gas was upon the inspecting soldiers, and the rest was hit- history. Uh, just a side effect on everything. The salt was hardly an isolated incident at the Osawake Fortress. Uh, Stronghold's location was critical tactical position in Poland, and uh, they used it again in other areas uh, to do the same tactic. But this one here, wow, you know, it, just absolutely crazy, and I, and I couldn't even imagine. There was actually a song that was written about it. After the battle, news of the Russian soldiers' bravery spread far and wide. 
Numerous papers published the story, and people told the tale as a sort of inspiration for other troops. By the time the conflict ended, the attack of the dead men was a term even children knew. Many paid their respects to the honored families. Sub-Lieutenant Vladimir Kolinsky was posthumously awarded the Fourth Degree Order of St. George, which, uh, if I remember right, it's it's a pretty high-ranking medal within their regiment. Uh, there are countless songs, short films, written adaptations of the battle. One such Russian song titled Russians Won't Surrender contains lyrics about what these men went through. Uh, and this is just a snippet of the song here. But tens of soldiers had it reconciled to fate, burned to the bones. They rushed to the battle. An enemy has flown. The fear drove away the last who have never seen the attack of the dead. So, um, yeah, yay for mankind for inventing something like that. But then again, uh, man, something for perseverance, right? Uh, especially when you know you're at the at the doorsteps of uh, death uh, to pick up the guns and continue. So, anyway, quick story. I'm kind of gory again. I warned you guys, but uh, just fascinating nonetheless. Stay out of the gases if you can. <laughs> Close the gates. <laughs>